to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. What's going on, Finest fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Finest Podcast with yours truly, William Spencer, at the helm, running the show, because you know, this is this is what I do now, you know? <laughs> I'm glad to be back for another episode. And we don't normally do Sunday drops, but I had this episode ready to go during the week and I had the wrong date. (laughs) So that's my fault. I goofed. So I had to go back and do some tweaking and uh, get this drum ready for a Sunday drop. Like I said, we don't normally do Sunday drops, but I figured, you know, might as well get this out there and get this out of the way. So that way we can go into our next couple episodes on time at very least. You know what I'm saying? But. In this episode, we're going to handle our running backs one through 10 and get that started. And then we're going to go into our 11 through 20 in our next episode and so on. But before we jump into the episode, I got to talk to y'all real quick because these guys at ESPN be bothering me. Now, if you haven't seen it, um, it was on Twitter. It was circulating around Twitter, Twitter earlier in the week. And it was like um, the ES. All right. Let me just say this. ESPN personalities, they they irk me a little bit. Like Bart Scott, you know, he he was a former player, and you know they they always like to bring in former players and all that stuff, and they they bring them in and they talk football, and it's like they purposely say things to rile up the Dallas Cowboy fan base, and I kind of get why because when you do that, you you irritate one of the largest fan bases in the league and when you do that you get responses you get clicks you get you know you get attention and you get views and i i get that i really do i really understand why they do it but at the same time as a fan it's like would y'all shut up and stop saying stupid stuff about this about the cowboys already like we having a quiet off season like outside of hard knocks it's not really anything going on with the Cowboys. And this is like, I mean, when was the last time the Dallas Cowboys had a quiet off season where nothing happened? Knock on wood. Where, where's the wood? Because <laughs> I don't want nothing to happen now. But it's like, all right, let me let me cue you in. So earlier this week, Bart Scott went on uh, First Things First on ESPN. And he was like, well, it, it's either ESPN or Fox Sports or one of them crazy shows. But basically he was like, you know, Daniel Jones is a better athlete than Dak Prescott because he runs fast. And then they rolled the clip of him running down the field uh, and then he got tripped up by the turf monster. And it's like, OK, is is that your angle? Like, that's the reason why Daniel Jones is a better athlete than Dak Prescott, because he runs fast. Like, that's it. Like, he's not a better quarterback, so you have to go with he's a better athlete. And even that's a stretch. Like, come on, man. Like, don't don't say no goofy stuff like that. And then I, I, I don't know where they're finding these people from. <laughs> I really don't. And, like, he said something stupid before. Like, he was like, Teddy Bridgewater is a better uh, quarterback than Dak Prescott. I would take Teddy Bridgewater over Dak Prescott, and then we would have a better team. And I'm sitting there looking like, can you really believe this? Are we talking about the same Teddy Bridgewater that's been passed around the league for the last couple of years now? 
Like he just lost his job in Carolina to go to Denver. They flipped him for a six round pick that Teddy Bridgewater. And it's not a complete knock on Teddy because he was one of the best uh, quarterbacks in completion percentage last year. I think uh top five, at least top five, but he was top 10. So he's not bad. He's just not a great quarterback. You know, he's, He's a, he's a, you know, he's like, uh, you know, it's Teddy Bridgewater. It's not nothing crazy about Teddy that he brings to the table, you know, and then he got replaced by Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold sucks. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? You'll take a guy who got replaced by Sam Darnold, who was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, but you'll take him over Dak Prescott. Make it make sense, man. Come on. You supposed to be a professional athlete or used to be one. And you're going to say something like that? Like, come on, bro. Like, you 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 basically poking the bear. And like I said, I get why they do it. Because the Cowboys fan base is one of the biggest fan bases in the league. So when you poke that bear, they're going to respond. They're going to try and troll. They're going to say some slick stuff. But guess what? The views, the clicks, all that stuff, that's coming in because they're watching or they're irritated, or they're on Twitter, or they're on social media, or they're on ESPN forums, all that good stuff. They get the clicks. I, I, I understand the method. But it's just like, come on, bro. You going to sit here with a straight face and say that? <laughs> all right. I see how you get down. But <laughs> enough of that. I just wanted to get that off my chest. I'm gonna get the uh, get the rant out early. But before we jump into this episode, we get into our news segment. You know what you got to do. Follow the show on Twitter at Fantasy's Finest. Follow me, Hype underscore Finest, on Twitter. You can also follow Jalen at Ace underscore ECA4 and Mark at, M- at McNux. I always trip up his name. I don't know why I should know it by heart by now. McNux, M-C-K-N-U-X. I always got to spell it out because I don't think people, <laughs> I don't think people know how to say his name or when you say it on Twitter, when you say it like, verbally like McNux it's like all right is it a C at the end or something crazy like that but always trying to get that joint out the way and make sure you hit hit us up on your favorite podcast platform we're on Google Apple Spotify iHeartRadio I'm trying to get us on Audacity right now so that's a work in progress and we're on a bunch of other podcast platforms so make sure you hit the subscribe button share it with your friends do all the good stuff we should actually try and get on YouTube. That's a work in progress too, but I won't I won't go too far into that. That'll just be something that maybe we pop in later on down the road. But enough of that. Let's get into the episode with the news. News and notes from around the NFL. All right, first up, the Aaron Rodgers drama is officially over. Aaron Rodgers reported to camp this week. He had reported to camp on Tuesday, showed up in his Gucci flip-flops. No, I'm just, let me stop playing. But he showed up to camp, ready to go. All the off-season dramas kind of hit the hit the fan. Well, maybe that's not the wrong, that's the wrong analogy. It didn't hit the fan, it came to a conclusion. Let's Let's put it like that. But the Aaron Rodgers saga is over. Um, he actually had to sign, they reworked his deal 
Um, I believe he has his 2023 year voided. And I don't know. I don't have all the particulars. Um, Adam Schefter and Tom Pagliacero tweeted out uh, the details of his contract. Um, I'm actually going to retweet that on the Fantasy's Finest account. But from what I understand, his 2023 year has been voided. And if he plays out the final two years on his contract, he will be a free agent. The Packers have the ability to give him an extension if they want to. Um, I think in 2021 or before 2022 season. So they have some wiggle room to get that done. And Rodgers has the potential to be able to move on um, after he plays out those final two years of his deal. So that's a bit interesting because if I'm the Packers and I'm fully intent on moving on from Aaron Rodgers, why I don't know, because I don't think he's fallen off yet. He literally just had an MVP season last year. Um, And I think he's going to be cooking you know, just to show up the front office for the Packers. But if you intend to move on from Aaron Rodgers after the 2021 season, you're in a pretty good position to do that with these new terms agreed to by um, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the end of the 2021 season. That's for sure. But let's stay in Green Bay because they still have issues with contracts. Namely, the number one wide receiver in fantasy heading into the 2021 season. Devontae Adams wants to get a new deal and the Packers don't want to sign him. Now, there could be a lot of reasons why. But right now, the current rumor is that they don't view him as. They don't view him as a top. They don't want to pay him like a top wide receiver. Um, The DeAndre Hopkins deal. Hopkins is making almost six million dollars more well it's 5.25 million more than any other wide receiver Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the league you can debate between him Tyreek Hill Stefan Diggs is on the ups but mainly Tyreek Hill DeAndre Hopkins Devontae Adams one of those guys is your number one wide receiver they're all in a tier by themselves how do you not want to pay him now I get he's 28, he'll be he's a little older, but you've seen what he can do with Aaron Rodgers. Me, personally, I don't think Devontae Adams signs unless Aaron Rodgers is extended. Like, can you imagine if Aaron Rodgers gets traded in 2021, at the end of 2021, and Devontae Adams isn't signed? He walks. He's a free agent after this year. He could go anywhere. And if Rodgers gets traded to a team, guess where? <laughs> guess I think Devontae Adams is going to follow him. You're going to finish. You're going to want to finish with the guy who's made help you make your career. At least that's what I would do. If me and Rodgers is tight like that, yo, I'm going wherever Rodgers is going. Let's keep it moving. Michael Thomas update. He's expected to miss the next 12 to 16 weeks, which would put him in the middle of late October. According to New Orleans Football's, uh, let me get this right. According to New Orleans Football's Nick Underhill, he reported that Michael Thomas will need six to eight weeks to recover, and then another six to eight weeks to get into football shape where he can run and cut. Now, according to that report, it would put him at late October in the worst case scenario. <sighs> yeah, that sucks. 
that really sucks. It's like, what are you gonna do with the Saints' offense now? Alvin Kamara gets a boost because it's like, who else are you gonna pass the ball to? You do have Traquan Smith and Marquise Callaway, and then they signed Chris Hogan off of the free agency pile. But it's like, are those great options? And then on top of that, you don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be because Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill are still duking it out in camp. So right now, and personal preference, I'm hoping Jameis wins the job. I think he's a better arm talent than Taysom Hill. I think he would be able to control the offense just as well, if not better than Taysom Hill, if he gets the chance. But we got to wait and see what happens with that. And that's probably not going to come to fruition until deeper, much deeper into camp. So who knows if, I mean, you could try and grab Trey Cohen Smith. He's going to be probably the number one wide receiver for the saints. Um, I just don't like that situation. I'm not reaching for those guys on waivers. You could take a chance if you have a deep bench. Like I know dynasty leagues, they may have, if he's not um, already on a, on a team, maybe you could do that redraft. I might avoid the Saints wide receivers altogether. Or if I do want to take a dart throw, I'll take a dart throw at Traquan later on in the draft. I won't have to wait. I don't have to go and get him. But sheesh. What a mess. Moving along to the Texans. Report came out earlier this week that they are seeking three first round picks and more for Deshaun Watson. Whoever said that out okay now let me just say this Deshaun Watson is probably worth three first rounders he's that good but am I giving you three first rounders right now without knowing what his future is because of the legal issues still standing and the fact that we don't know if the NFL is going to put an exempt put him in the exempt list or suspend him for that matter we don't know how many games he could get because those three things are still floating around why am I giving you three first round picks for a guy who I don't even know is going to play next year? And there are a couple of teams that could use him. You know, there's uh, Howard Eskin was on Twitter talking about, you know, the Eagles or, or a potential landing spot for Deshaun Watson. Honestly, they do have three first round picks. But do you want to use them on one guy? You still don't know what you have in Jalen Hurts. And I'm not saying, you know, they shouldn't try because I'm a Cowboys fan. And I don't want that to happen. That's partly true. But think about it. What if Jalen Hurts actually works out? If he works, now you have three first round picks. You can go get another wide receiver. You can show up that defense. You can get another defense, uh, secondary piece, maybe a linebacker for a change because they don't have one. There's a lot of other pieces that you can put into that team to rebuild that team quickly and then you got cap space coming in the next year uh, next season why would you want to burn that on the just Deshaun Watson I don't know I don't know I, I, I sure wouldn't do it who who needs to be on the phone Denver <laughs> they need to call the Texans to try and talk them down off them three first round picks that's what I would do moving along Amari Cooper and Saquon Barkley start training camp on the pup list this is a little bit older but Mike Fisher reports that Amari Cooper is still recovering from his ankle surgery. He was cutting it close to from the beginning, 
uh, to start in training camp, but that he didn't make it. So he's on the pup. Saquon Barkley is on the pup. According to field uh, ESPN insider, field Yates, he's still recovering from the ACL injury. He suffered last year. The giants are kind of slow walking him. So, uh, they're just trying to make sure that he's all ready to go. They're still kind of touch and go on his week one status. And I know it's still early, but that's something to pay attention to. Dak Prescott left practice earlier this week with a shoulder strain. He's reportedly okay. It's not that media trying to, not media, social media try to blow it up to make it seem like it was a very big deal. But Dak Prescott came out himself and said it was probably just something that he, he twinged a little bit while warming up. Maybe he warmed up the wrong way. It's not considered a big deal, but the Cowboys are going to be cautious with him. They're going to limit him in practice. He's still going to be allowed to do, you know, running drills and things like that, but they won't be allowing him to throw for at least a couple of days. He's considered day-to-day, and that's just worth monitoring to see when he comes back to be able to continue to throw in practice. And finally, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson have signed their rookie deals. Trey Lance signed his four-year, $34.1 million contract with the San Francisco 49ers. And Zach Wilson signed his four-year, $35.1 million contract with the New York Jets. Maybe that's what it was. That's what's taking so long. They were trying to one-up each other. (laughs) God only knows. The Jets is like, come on, man. Y'all got to get this done. What's taking y'all so long? But that's the news. Now let's move on to our main segment, running back rankings. 1 through 10. Fantasy rankings. Running backs. All right. So remember, remember what I did with the quarterback rankings. And I said it in that episode, uh, episode 40, that I was using the consensus rankings from, I pulled from Fantasy Pros. And I'm using it and I'm comparing it to my rankings list. So coming in at number one for me is Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, Minnesota Vikings running back. He's the consensus number two, but I think he should be the number one running back this year for fantasy. Dalvin Cook finished as the RB2 last season. Dude was a straight monster last season, averaging 24 fantasy points per game. Dalvin Cook is probably one of the better, if not the best, dual threat running backs in the league he was the second he had the second most rushing attempts in fantasy last season I mean you know for the league among running backs he was right behind Derrick Henry he's getting a ton of work he's going to get all the goal line carries he's going to get most of the passing work out of the backfield he might sprinkle Alexander Madison in there just to you know give him a breather but Cooks is seeing a ton of work and he's been able to produce and he's managed to shake off that injury label that he had earlier on in his career. He is a problem. And I know a lot of people are like, wait, wait, he said Dalvin Cook, number one. Where's Christian McCaffrey? I'm going to get to him later on in this list. <laughs> and the fact that I had to say that, I know probably if you're listening, you're probably like, dog, your list is already wrong. You should have Christian McCaffrey, number one. I'll get to why. I don't have him as my number one running back later on. So coming in at number two, Alvin Kamara, the New Orleans Saints. 
He's the consensus number three running back. I have him at number two, especially I had to move him up, especially after the Michael Thomas news, because it's like, where are they going to go with the football? I, They have nowhere to really go with the football. That's a dominant threat in that offense right now, outside of Alvin Kamara. He should get a ton of work. He should get a ton of work. He's been highly efficient over the course of his career. But he should get even more work. Can you imagine if they actually gave him full workload combined with what he does on the field already with the limited amount of work that he's gotten so far up until maybe last year? Kamara saw the second most targets out of the running back class last year in 2020. That's how dangerous this dude is. He's a problem. It, I mean, in all honesty, he could probably be a number one running back if he got the bigger workload. My only issue is we still don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like. And I know um, people are going to be like, well, you know, it's either Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. One of those guys is going to get it done. And I'm kind of concerned about Taysom Hill getting the job. It's not like Jameis Winston can't scramble and, you know, run in for a touchdown. That's never really been his thing, in my opinion. Taysom Hill, on the other hand, I'm worried that if he gets in to the quarterback spot, he has a he has the pro the uh, I can't get the the word out. I wanted to say propensity, but you know I'm like oh man I'm I'm past it now. <laughs> but Taysom Hill can scramble and steal goal line carries away from Alvin Kamara. Now is it going to be enough to lower Alvin Kamara on this list? Probably not, but it's going to be annoying. It's going to be annoying because. I don't feel threatened by Taysom Hill as a quarterback. We haven't seen enough of him out there to be like, oh, yeah, Taysom Hill is that guy. We don't know. But what we do know is he can play tight end. He can play wide receiver, I guess. He, he can he can play all these other positions. And he can he's he can be used around the goal line. I don't want him out there taking carries, goal line carries away from Alvin Kamara. I don't want that problem. So I'm hoping Jameis Winston gets the gets the job. But Alvin Kamara is deadly. I can't I couldn't put him any lower, especially after the Michael Thomas news. Heading into number three, the king, Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans. He's a consensus number four running back on uh fancy pros. I had to bump him up a little bit. The dude ran for two thousand yards last year. He is He's finished inside the top five the last two seasons. And he doesn't get a ton of passing work. He just stomps his way through the goal line. He gets those touchdowns. He gets those carries. He's a bell cow. Last of a dying breed. And I think when you add in Julio Jones and you combine Julio with A.J. Brown and maybe some Des Fitzpatrick, how are you going to load the box to stop Derrick Henry when you got t- Ryan Tannehill, who's been shown to be a really good quarterback? He's not a slouch. So now you just gave Ryan Tannehill Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. But we're going to load the box to stop Derrick Henry. Come on, man. You're not going to do that. Or at least I don't think that's the smart because Ryan Tannehill can beat you through the pass. 
So Derrick Henry is going to continue to be a problem to opposing defenses. He led the league in rushing last year, of course, 2,000 yards. And then he gets help. I, I don't see how you could put, even in PPR formats, I don't see how you can put Derrick Henry any lower. He's proven. Don't disrespect King Henry. Now coming in at number four, Christian McCaffrey. And you're like, what? Oh, my God. Will, what are you thinking? He's the consensus number one running back in the league. In rankings. How dare you? He gets a ton of work. He gets all the carries. You saw what he did before 2020, before he got hurt. He was a monster. I agree with all that. My thing is, I think Carolina is going in a different direction. Now, I'm not saying they're going to completely remove Christian McCaffrey from the offense. I'm not saying that. I think Christian McCaffrey is still going to get a ton of work. I think he's still going to be involved in the passing game. But if you look at what the Carolina Panthers did, they brought in Sam Darnold. They already have DJ Moore. They have Robbie Anderson. They went and drafted Terrence Marshall Jr. And they brought in uh, Tommy Trimble. And they got Chubba Hubbard as a backup. I think Hubbard's going to have a bigger role than people think because they don't want to get into loading up Christian McCaffrey and then he gets hurt again. And I'm not saying he's he's uh, injury prone. I'm just saying they want to they want to make sure that he's not being burdened with trying to carry the offense, which has been overall mid last couple seasons outside of Christian McCaffrey. It's like, man, OK, man, who else is doing anything? You know, I think. And, and and one more thing. They brought in Sam Darnold. They have to prove that 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 move worked. So they went out and got him all these. They got, got him some extra tools. I'm not saying they're going to try and make Sam Darnold the star. I think that would be stupid. But. I don't know, man. I, I have a bad feeling. About Christian McCaffrey this year. Now, if I'm wrong. Cool. You know how I do it. I'm not opposed to being roasted for my takes. I just feel like Christian McCaffrey, and I know a lot of people will say, well, Christian McCaffrey's been good despite the offense being bad. That's true. But the downgrade from quarterback, even from Teddy Bridgewater, is steep. Cam Newton has never been Sam Darnold bad. Teddy Bridgewater is not Sam Darnold bad. Sam Darnold is in a league of his own. He's horrible. And I'm not, you know, Adam Gase, you you factor that in and it's like, okay, maybe, maybe he can be something else without Adam Gase. But every other quarterback has shown flashes of something. I don't know if Sam Darnold has it. And I think that that handicaps the offense. And besides, you got Sam, if you're an opposing defense and you're staring at Sam Darnold on the other side, are you really going to try and say, well, let's stop saying Darnold. He's the he's the piece we got to beat. No, <laughs> I'm stopping Christian McCaffrey. I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that we shut that boy down. We got more than enough tape on him as as an NFL defense. We got to shut that dude down and make Sam Darnold beat us. 
he's going to garner a lot of attention. And they added, I forgot they added Dan Arnold too. They're trying to pass the ball more and they're going to be using, they're still going to be using Christian McCaffrey. But I think with the addition of all these other guys, getting some production out of the tight end position that they've never had since Greg Olson left, those targets are being eaten away from Christian McCaffrey. Now, for instance, last year he only played three games. I know that's not a huge sample size, but it's concerning. Over those three games, he averaged just over six targets. That's pretty solid. But for the kind of production that he's had over the years, at that pace, he was going to average just over 100 targets. That's low. Now, like I said, you can say the injury was a big factor and, you know, you got to throw it out the window. But we've used other small amounts of games to make projections. We've done it with Derrick Henry a couple years ago. We did it with Cam Akers before the injury. Oh, he only got a small sample size. Where are you going to draw that line at? It's just something to think about. And I'm not saying you shouldn't draft him. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying temper your expectations this year, man. I have a very bad feeling about Christian McCaffrey. I'm not going to say he's going to fall out of the top 10 because I still think he's going to get a lot of work. But he could fall out of the top five. He, I think that's that's highly possible. Let's keep it moving. Number five, Ezekiel Elliott. Consensus number five. I think that's pretty much right um, compared to the other guys on the list that's already been mentioned. But Ezekiel Elliott is going to bounce back. And this is not just Cowboy fan talking. He's been taking training camp seriously, probably for the first time in his career. And that's probably a stretch because we, he's he's been in training camp before. But he looks motivated. Motivated. He had to deal with a bunch of stuff last year. Injuries to the offensive line. Losing Dak Prescott. Catching COVID. Down year. Then in the offseason, people are writing him off left and right. Oh, Zeke's done. Zeke's done. But people fail to realize that before Dak Prescott went down, Zeke was averaging almost 70-some yards a game, 72 yards a game. Even on that pace, he would have finished third or fourth in rushing. Andy Dalton comes in, Dak is gone for the season, drops down to 64 yards a game. He finished with 979 yards. That was good for 11th, 11th in rushing. rushing. Do you think that a guy like Ezekiel Elliott would be okay with that? He's going to be a problem this year. Everybody's coming back healthy. You got Tyron Smith. You got Lyle Collins. You got the three three wide receivers and Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott's healthy. Well, healthy-ish because <laughs> of that shoulder. Yo, the Cowboys offense is going to be something to watch. And Ezekiel Elliott is going to be one of the spearheads. Don't let him slip by you. Now, coming in at number six, I think the consensus really disrespected this man right here. Nick Chubb. I have him at number six. He was the consensus number 10. Number 10. How do you put Nick Chubb that low? Now, granted, he missed four games last year. 
that would make people shy away from him because I apparently, you know, if you got injured last year, you can't be good this year. But if you're willing to take Christian McCaffrey as your number one running back, you got to look at Nick Chubb and not at 10. Now, I get, you know, he's not seeing a lot of passing work. Yes, we know Kareem Hunt is there. Limits his upside as far as uh, catching passes. Yes, we know. But he finished the running back 11 last year, averaging 4.7 yards per carry. Not only that, but last year he missed four games and still finished as the seventh best rusher in the league. Averaging 89 yards a game. If he had kept that pace, if he hadn't missed any games, he'd have finished third in rushing. And he's getting all of the goal line work, if not most of it. He's seeing more goal line work than Kareem Hunt. It's ridiculous for him to be at 10 with the kind of production that he can put up with the offensive line improving drastically from 2019. Dog, I don't know how you can put Nick Chubb at 10. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. All right, let's keep him pushing. Aaron Jones comes in at number seven for me. He was the consensus number nine. I probably could slide Aaron Jones up a little higher. Um, but the uh, Aaron Rodgers news had to be a little shaky. But I think seven safe. Aaron Rodgers is back. Aaron Jones is a monster. Well, all right, maybe not a monster, but he's a problem. He gets all the passing work out of the backfield. Now I do think that uh, AJ Dillon is going to see some work this year. That's going to be good. But I still think Aaron Jones is the focal point in the back in the Packers offense. He's going to do damage on the ground and in the passing game, and he's one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets. Jones finished as the RB5 for 2020. He averaged 18.5 fantasy points, six best among running backs. I mean, you can't get more solid than Aaron Jones. If you can get him as an RB2, you're probably going to get him in the late first, early second. He's going to be your RB1, maybe your RB2 if you go running back heavy. You can't be you can't go wrong with getting him. You really can't. Um I I mean, what can you say? He's he's your Alvin Kamara but cheaper. <laughs> I mean, that's that's about it. I mean, in terms of his his style of usage. So, you can't go wrong with Aaron Jones. I like him this year. Coming in at number 8, Jonathan Taylor. He's the consensus number 8. So we kind of match up there. Taylor started off a bit slow last year. You know, they did the whole committee thing. Taylor was getting his feet wet. But then he stomped his way to 11 touchdowns and an RB4 finish. He is a problem. And I know people will be like, well, Marlon Mack's still there. Trust me, Marlon Mack is not going to inhibit Jonathan Taylor this fantasy season. Jonathan Taylor has earned the right, per his coach, Frank Reich, is on record saying he's earned the right to be the lead dog. Marlon Mack is going to be there for in case of emergency. In case Jonathan Taylor goes down, he gets hurt. You have Marlon Mack who's been there, done that. He can handle it. And then you got Naeem Hines filling in his usual pass-catching role. And Jordan Wilkins, He's he comes in just in case you know all heck breaks loose and you lose Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. But I don't see it being a committee. I see it, if anything, 70, 80 percent. 
Jordan Taylor, and then you got Naeem Hines doing his thing. Jonathan Taylor has showed that he can, once he got his feet under him, he showed you what he can do down the stretch last season. They went out and spent the first-round pick on him. They weren't really going to bring Marlon Mack back outside of injury, and the Colts are a stand-up organization because they could have just been like, well, you hurt your Achilles. Bye. We're not signing you back. But they brought him back. That's the stand-up organization. They was like, you know what, Marlon Mack, you know, you you done some things for us. You know, you took care of us. We're going to take care of you. And he's looking good in camp. I still think they're going to trade him, though. I mean, it, it just makes more sense to get something out of him. Like, they may show him off in preseason. He may come back. He's like, hey, look, Marlon Mack is the same old Marlon Mack after the Achilles injury. And then they, they ship him off to somewhere else. I don't know where, but maybe Atlanta behind Mike Davis or Mike Davis. I know nobody wants to hear that because Mike Davis is getting a lot of buzz as a, a cheap running back. But maybe Atlanta takes a crack at him. Maybe the Rams, after losing Cam Akers, they give him some depth. Depth. Depth <laughs> at that running back spot because they have um, Daryl Henderson and Xavier Jones. And then, you know, some stragglers back there. The boy Jake Funk. <laughs> so it's like they could use the depth back there. Marlon Mack would be a nice fit. But I'm not concerned about Marlon Mack being a threat. Jordan T- Jonathan Taylor is the guy not worried. Coming in at number nine. Saquon Barkley. <laughs> He's the consensus number six. And you're probably like, yo, Will, yeah, that's disrespectful. How you got Saquon so low? Hear me out. And it has nothing to do with his talent. You know, the volume of work he's going to get. Well, that is part of it. But we know Saquon's talented. I'm not going to take anything from the guy. He is talented. He's a top five back when healthy. The problem is that we don't know if he's healthy enough right now he's probably about 80 70 85 85 he's on the uptick but is it going to be in time for week one and then you have to factor in that they don't want to it's a lot of cloak and dagger around his status for week one and i know it's early it's still you know it's it's still early in training camp but they've been really hush hush about it And then they've added a lot of running backs in that room. And they've they're already on record saying, you know what? You know, we're not going to rush him. We're not going to rush Saquon back. We're going to ease him in. If easing him in is a reduction in his normal workload. And they let's say they span it over the first couple of games. Are you willing to risk a top five pick? For Saquon Barkley at a reduced role for over a quarter of the season to start? Not me. I can't do that. There's way too many guys there earlier, if I'm picking in the top five, that I can go with over Saquon Barkley. And then even when you get closer to the back of the first round, there's still other guys that will still have more or that are capable of putting up production instead of worrying about what Saquon's going to do after week four or after week three. I can't, I can't spend that pick 
and not know that Saquon's not going to be the guy in the beginning of the season. I, I can't do it. I'm not worried about the injury. Injuries, the thing people have to understand for fantasy is injuries happen. You know, you can't get swept up on injuries. Guys are going to come back from ACLs and they'll be fine for the most part. But you can't get hung up on injuries. Players are going to get injured. If you were hung up on Dalvin Cook's injury and he came back in what, 2019 and balled out, you missed that boat. 2020, oh, he's not going to do it again. What he do? Top two running back. So I don't get don't don't get too hung up on injuries. If you there's always a strategy to work around that. If you're worried about injuries, go grab the backup. Cover yourself because the backup's going to get most of the work most of the time. We saw it last time when Saquon went down, went down. Wayne Gallman was the guy. So just plan accordingly. If you're going to get it running back and you feel like he's injury prone, cover yourself. But. We know how Saquon can get down when he's healthy. Like I said before, I'm not taking anything away from him, but I just can't get down with not knowing what his status is going into the season and having to spend a top five pick to get him. I can't do it. There's too many other running backs who I know that are solidified right now. I don't have to worry about. And finally, coming in at number 10, Antonio Gibson. He's the consensus number 12 running back. He had a very good rookie year last year. 11 touchdowns, I believe he had. Double-digit touchdowns in his rookie season. Pretty solid. J.D. McKissick was getting in the way of his passing down work, but they're going to give him more passing down work this year. Ryan Fitzpatrick is there. They're going to have to throw the ball a ton, and he's going to be the recipient. Now, J.D. McKissick is trying to, you know, make his bid like, yo, man, I've been working out this offseason. I'm ready. I'm re- I'm trying to be the number one. Uh, sorry, guy. It's going to be Gibson, man. It's going to be Gibson. He's going to get the he's going to get the, the rushes. He's going to get the passing down work. I think he's going to have a good. Second year. I'm not too worried about the turf toe now because. That seemed like it was going to be an issue. They letting it heal. And then I haven't heard anything else from it. So, hey, I think Antonio Gibson is a nice way to round out the top 10. I probably wouldn't take him as my RB1. But if I'm in the back of the first, oh, definitely I'll scoop him as my RB2. Especially on that turn. <laughs> yeah, I'll scoop him. But that's my top 10. Let me run it back for y'all. Number one, Dalvin Cook. Number two, Alvin Kamara. Number three, Derrick Henry. Number four, Christian McCaffrey. Number five, Ezekiel Elliott. Number six, Nick Chubb. Number seven, Aaron Jones. Number eight, Jonathan Taylor. Number nine, Saquon Barkley. Number 10, Antonio Gibson. That wraps it up. We are done. So you know what we got to do. Y'all check us out next episode. (laughs) Come back. If you listen to this one and you like, yo, man, I am so mad at this list. Yo, come talk to me. Hype underscore finest on Twitter. You can ho- holler at the show at fantasy finest on Twitter. Be like, yo, we will. Your your list sucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's my list. But let me know what you think. 
talk to me on social media and see how this goes. Oh, and don't forget, we do have a website, thefantasiesfinest.com. Check out our, our latest articles. We got some more stuff coming up. We've been pumping out some work. And um, I think I'm, I'm in the process of doing my late round series. I just dropped the uh, late round quarterbacks. That's there on the, on the website. So go check that out, too. My guys have been doing some damage on them uh, articles. I think you're going to like them. But that's it for the show. Make sure you check us out on our next episode. You guys be safe. And we'll see you soon. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter, too, at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.